G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. Thanks for joining again. It is the first couple of days of spring and don't we all get a bit more of a spring in our step? Uh, Just some sunnier days ahead and some warmer months ahead. Today we are continuing our chat around education. Last week, as you know, we we talked about how to break this big goal down into manageable chunks and think about what you might need to be putting aside and, and, and considering when you're embarking on an education plan. Today, we're going to explore a specific uh, product that is tailored to help people who are trying to fund education. That is an education bond. You know, given that we we know it's a, a certain length of time, given that we know we're going to be saving a lot of money, and given when we know it's a specific cost, wouldn't it be good if along that journey you could generate an investment return on the money that you're saving? Wouldn't it be good if there was possibly even some tax uh, benefits there as well? So stay tuned for our chat today. Fantastic guest. I love chatting to Amy Parsons from the Futurity Investment Group. Futurity do specialise in bonds and they not only have a great product but uh, do a lot of research around um, the cost of education and some of the trends that we're seeing out there as well. So Amy and I, you know, in our, our chat we had really good um, conversation around what, what does an education bond bring to your savings plan, particularly from that emotional perspective, because it's, it's helping really get everyone on board, uh, that, that actual structure and, and chipping away at that long-term goal. Had a good chat around that. We did go into some technical aspects of the bond itself and how it works. Really interesting because it is a fantastic product. And we also then t- just touched on how the structure of the bond can really help a family um, attack this challenge because we know that um, anecdotally up to 50% of education costs, particularly in the private education uh, sector, are funded by grandparents. So it is a family uh, approach in a lot of ways um, you know, the, fee, the way the fees are paid, either by parents or grandparents. And having such a great structure allows the family to to be doing this together and, and have a really long-term approach to this. I know you're going to enjoy this chat with Amy. I did. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. Well, we're continuing our discussion about education planning. And this week we are chatting to Amy Parsons, Business Development Manager from Futurity Investment Group. How are you, Amy? I'm great, Tim. How about yourself? I'm very good. Excellent. 
I know this is one we've been talking about for a long time, you and I. We sure have. I would say it's almost <laughs> hit the two-year mark pretty yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And the reason why I you know, really wanted to get you on for a chat is I just know it'll be a super popular episode because education planning is just something that impacts a lot of people. Before we get into the benefits of an education bond, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I've been in financial services for 20 years. It almost makes me want to vomit when I say <laughs> that, but <laughs> hey, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Um, I actually started on reception. So I think back to when I first started and um, yeah, I can't believe that it was at a reception desk front of house and I've made my way through to distribution and sales, which is where my heart firmly sits. So yeah. the education piece in there is what makes me jump out of bed in the morning. Um, I'm also a mother to Abigail and Freddie, who are nine and six. Yeah. And I am divorced. And I think um, the best way to describe myself would be that I'm a half, or not, I wouldn't even say half, I'm probably three quarters full <laughs> in regards to my glass. I like to always leave that just a little bit more room in case something comes feel. my way. Exactly yeah. right. Oh, you're a very positive person. <laughs> um, and I know that you you not only, you know, work for Futurity, but you, you really do love the product and um, no, you're big on doing it for yourself too. Absolutely. I actually um, was researching more for myself and my children in regards to their education and a plan for myself when I came across Futurity Investment Group. So that's really yeah. where the story started. <laughs> that's great. Um, well, as I said, I, I know this is just going to be a super popular episode um, because trying to put kids and multiple kids through 12 years of education it takes a massive commitment we we know that through the planning we do with our clients um and you know there's increased cost of living uh we're just needing to try and optimize every advantage we can aren't we absolutely um even just the other month i was looking online and i noticed that halebury is actually starting an online private school um, course for next year so that's the first in Victoria oh, wow. um, which I was blown away with so I think amid all of the um, COVID situation where everyone was in lockdown there's definitely been new um, ways of going about and creating spaces I guess online yeah. and online is just exploding yeah oh look I, I just think that in in a general sense you know like I I just think we've got to try and tap into anything that we can, particularly that um, I always think with the planning and for education planning, yes, a lot of it's financial, but a lot of lot of the planning is also just having a plan, <laughs> having a structure and shooting for, for something because it, is, it can be an overwhelming number if you just total up 12 years and go, there's the final number, work out a way to find, you know, fund that. So... Just in a general sense, what do you think an education bond brings to your savings plan? You know, particularly from that emotional perspective or you know, not seeming like an overwhelming target. Yeah, I think for me, it was all about fulfilling my goals. So we all, I think we all know once we have children, there are a lot of hidden costs that, are, that pop up. Yeah. Um, probably the first is um, 
I always think about Chemist Warehouse. I walk in there and I walk out with $100 worth of items. That's probably the first <laughs> one. And then um, would come childcare as well and then going into schooling and the fees around school. So I think you probably possibly might not even think about it until you do have children, but it's something that we all have to pay regardless. Yeah. So for me, it was really important that um, being a single parent and wanting to film, fulfill my goals, I really needed that plan. And if I don't have a plan, it's very unlikely that I'm going to get to where I want to. And I have a dream to send my children to a private school for secondary. They're in state school at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I also did early learning with them as well. So that was a year in an independent and a private school for both of them, uh, then into state school. And now I'm looking from, well, I've got them down for grade five, but <laughs> we'll see how my plan's going by then. Yeah. Um, but from year seven to 12, uh, I would love them to be in, in a private school. Cool. And, and I think the bond, you know, we'll, we'll delve into the bond. I mean, it gives us that structure to, um, you know, to work out, well, what am I going to need to put away to, to fund all of this, but then also getting some of those you know, tax incentives as well. Yes. Um, so let's put our technical hat on. We're going to have to do that just for a little while. Uh, because we have to do that really to understand how actually an education bond and an investment bond in general actually works. So, you know, sort of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I think the main, um, I think everyone thinks of it as a, as a savings account for school. Yeah. We have some great tools on our website as well, which are available for the general public um, to, I guess, reverse plan for education costs. Yeah. And um, if you think of it as in your income is going into the education bond, um, which we call capital, uh, and it's put in there and invested into units with investment options, and there's a selection yeah. there, um, and it earns money over time. So there's there's two accounts if, if we talk it in. I mean, I'm used to using diagrams, but no. obviously this is a podcast. Well, it makes um, sense what you're putting into it to the bond yep. is going into one bucket and what it earns is yeah so we'll, we'll, separate bucket. Yep. we'll say that there's two separate buckets then yep. so if you needed to use the capital you are able to so this is one of our major strengths and also for for myself knowing that i can actually access that capital was crucial especially yep. with the time during covid um if that was to happen again i'd want to make sure that i can obviously access my money. So you are able to access the capital at any stage throughout the bond journey, um, and then the earnings accumulates. Now, the beauty of the education bond is that if you are to use the earnings, um, there are rules around it. And obviously yeah. this is where the advice piece comes in and strategy <laughs> as well around tax. Um, but if you use it for education costs, you actually can get a gross up of 30% back into earnings within the bond. So, so um, when you say a gross up, you're meaning to ha tax? Yes. Yeah, so we, yeah. we have a, a ruling with the ATO, uh, which allows us to get a 30% gross up. So say if it's $100, obviously it reduces by the 70, $70, or yeah. $70 is taken out and then 30, $30 is put in from the rebate, the gross up. Yeah. Back into and, and that's really 
the great um, incentive there, isn't it? Because just that getting that year after year, because we are talking about a longer term plan here, um, why it lends itself so well to education purposes, because if you can tap into that sort of um, saving each and every year, it becomes a big thing. It really does. And I, I don't know about you, Tim, but I always go to my accountant every year saying, you know, what else can I get back from a tax perspective? <laughs> right. yeah. This is uh, this is available, obviously, if it's used for education purposes. And it's not just fees. It can be anything from a laptop to music lessons to even rent um, if you needed to be near a university or overseas. Like, it's unbelievable some of the stats and some of the information that I'm reading from from research that we're actually producing is that our children are likely to have 18 jobs over six yeah. and and jobs over six careers in their lifetime. So I think about my two children, that's a lot of learning and a lot of money that's going to be required for education and training purposes. And they're just my kids. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and I th so I think let's go back to, we have done some podcast previously about it investment bonds absolutely yeah. and I think it's important that we just talk through even though you've tap, tapped into some of those benefits of the education bond an education bond really is an investment bond isn't it and so let's talk about what an investment bond is and then you know some of those advantages that you've just mentioned then come over the top of that don't they absolutely so with the investment bond and education bond they both have the tax um, paid investing available yeah. to them. Um, we have a lump sum plan and a savings plan in both of those, uh, which is, you know, there's minimum amounts that need to be put into it and ongoing contributions. And um, yeah, they're both available. We don't require a tax file number. We also do all the reporting from both sides. Yeah. Um, there is asset prote protection for the life insured as well. Um, I think one of the important components of these bonds mm. is that they run for 10 years. So really what we're saying is that with a traditional investment bond, yep. um, you've got to really be in that plan for 10 years to tap into the tax benefits at the end of that 10 year period. Um, quite, quite often we explain it to our clients in, in saying that um, the main difference between the education bond and the investment bond is that um, with an investment bond, there's no real reason why you can withdraw the money without unwinding all those tax benefits. But with an education bond, we can do that. We can withdraw money along the way for education purposes. Yep. So you can definitely, the capital that you've put in or the income that you've put into the bond, yeah. you can take that out if needed throughout the journey of the bond for anything for yeah. any life event. You can, but obviously that would... Change the strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I think, <laughs> but for education purposes, that's the beauty of the education bond. We're actually able to use the, the, earnings. the bond structure and use the earnings to um, to fund, fund fees, fund uniforms, as you talked about. Absolutely. So you are able to uh, utilise the bond to... Um, to fund education costs and yep. whether that be yeah uh, computers or whether it be music lessons or tutoring you are able to do that so before the child turns 
18, obviously. Um, and then you can also fund into university if, if that's yeah. the choice. I will mention that the education bond run, can run for 99 years as well. So this could be from generation to generation as well, which was what I absolutely loved. And also with the education bond, you are able to have up to 10 beneficiaries, education beneficiaries within the bond. So that's, you know, you can add or remove education beneficiaries and even I could become an education beneficiary. Yeah. So oh. if I chose to have a different career path and I wanted to go back to university and I was lucky to have a partner support me while I do that and not have a income coming in, then I could end up being an education beneficiary and utilising those earnings and get that 30% gross up back into yeah. it. So yeah, Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think as well, tell us a little bit about um, the fact that, yes, we call it an education bond and you're getting that tax um, uh, gross up benefit, if you like, for when, mm -hmm. you're, when you're withdrawing it for education purposes. But after that 10-year period, um, it, it still can just become a, a, an investment, can't it? It doesn't really have to... I think we have that education flavour on it early on because within the first 10 years of, of any bond, um, investment bond, we've got to actually try and maintain the structure and not withdraw capital. Mm -hmm. But once we get through that period, it, it then can just be a living, breathing investment for all the beneficiaries, can't it? Absolutely. So the earnings then is in a tax-free environment and you can withdraw it for other purposes, just like the investment bond rulings. Yeah. Um, or you can take it out, continue to take it out for education costs as well and get that 30% gross up. So realistically, there are three different ways to withdraw the funds from an education bond. So whether it be from capital at any stage for anything, but it will change obviously the strategy around it and the growth um, versus using the earnings for education costs and getting that 30% gross up back into earnings um, or other purposes being the investment bond rulings as well. So you, you know, you would have it in a tax-free environment after or from the 11th year, yeah. basically to use for other purposes. And let's be honest, look at the last two years, nobody knew that that was going to occur. And so many different paths have, like majority of people's businesses, work, life, yeah. even education has changed due to that. Um, and, and this bond is fluid. It's like a choose your own adventure almost throughout the journey of the bond because circumstances do change. Yeah, oh, that's right. And I think um, I often think for people as well is, yes, we, it has that education focus mm -hmm. and you can use it for that. And then as you, we all know, our kids are going to get through the, the bulk of that secondary education, which might be the real primary focus. And then that can just be a, a, an investment for the family. I think that's really important because we know that if we went back in history, mm -hmm. um, probably the parents were the main ones paying education fees, but that's changed as well. We, tell us a little about some of the stats yeah. around grandparents and school Absolutely. <laughs> so an elite school in Sydney uh, recently has informed us that 54% of the fees that are paid through their school aren't from the parents whose children attend the school. Yeah. So that would leave grandparents putting in 
money to pay for fees. And look, I am seeing it. There's a huge amount of grandparents who, look, I don't know whether you've read it, Tim, but I definitely get the sense that grandparents, (laughs) it's not quite like our day and age where we were told to sit and have dinner with them. And, you know, the only distraction really was TV when we we were younger and maybe a dial-up computer if we were lucky. Um, But kids are in their iPads, the technology is there. Um, There's... they tend not to feel, you know, seen, heard, and even acknowledged now. And they're trying to want, like, my parents are the same. They, they say, you know, well, I don't want to buy another plastic toy for your children. Yeah, that's or what can we do that's something other than that? And look, honestly, from what the conversations I'm hearing in the market is that um, they want to leave a legacy in education and they want to see their grandchildren um, enjoy it while yeah. they're here, yeah. while they're able to see them. And this is just such a powerful tool, obviously, to be able to create that for the grandchildren. Um, and as a, as a parent, it also assists or helps me along my journey of fulfilling my own goal as well. Yeah, and I think this is where, like, if we look at the journey of the, the education bond and say, okay, it's got that education focus and then it can become an investment for the beneficiary later on, yep. that's where it's perfect for if a grandparent did want to support and they mightn't want to pay 100% of the fees, they might just want to contribute some. Yep. Um, and then they've also got an interest in leaving some money to their grandchild for later on as well. It just gives a real planned structure around doing that in a, in a really tax-effective way. I mean, it's that's what I love about the structure of the education bond is that it's really giving control to say a grandparent rather than having to just hand over cash and say well I hope that's spent wisely mm. um, you know that they can actually say okay well I've structured this this thing um, my grandchild's the beneficiary I'm the owner and money can get distributed along the way absolutely and look even with my own bond um, I I'm the guardian. So for myself, there's a guardian feature where an adult child can be there. And should the bond owner pass, the the guardian actually will fulfill the wishes of the bond owner. So it oh, will yeah. continue, continue, continue <laughs> post, um, you know, you know, for, for the duration of the bond. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I know that with the um, investment bond episode, that it was mentioned about the future activated transfer, such an important tool to be able to transfer the ownership as well. And that's yeah. the whole wealth transfer that's going to occur or is occurring in our country. So being able to decipher an event or a particular date being a birthday, yeah. um, I'm convincing or trying to convince my parents not to look at 18 because I know what I was like at 18, but to consider 25 or even 30, I heard the other day through through an advisor, um, as a transfer of, of the entire so, bond into their name. Yeah. And then they so would what, be in control. What, what you're really saying there is, again, for the, the grandparent or the parent, yes. they are the owner of the bond the child or the grandchild's the beneficiary. And then at a point in time, either when they nominate a time in the future or they can just make it happen whenever they want, they can just switch the ownership to that child, which is really cool, I reckon. 
Um, I also think, don't you, and you might see this in your travels, is um, in some cases, you know, because education fees are expensive, it is a bit of a family attack on it. You know, you might have the parents throwing some money at it. You might have grandparents or another relative throwing some money at it. So, again, it provides a pooled structure for them all just to be able to contribute into Mm -hmm. a structured product for each child or for each family. And, again, I just think it's it's really pooling your resources in a really structured and efficient way. Indeed. Uh, the bond that I currently have for my children is in that pooled environment. So, for me, it was more about pooling the money all together and creating large earnings to be able to get access to it in the future. Um, and not only that, the ability to have grandparents put in, um, you know, money into the bond is fantastic. So, um, you know, whether I give them the BPAY details or how it's contributed, it ends up being in the bond for my children's education. And as you mentioned, Tim, it doesn't necessarily, or it might not necessarily go towards education. It might be for a car, depo- you know, a car yeah, in right. future or a, a house deposit, depending on obviously the amount that's that's left in there. Yeah. Um, there is, it's really life events that the money can be used that's for. That's right. Yeah, particularly after that initial initial 10-year phase. Um, well, what do you feel, you know, if people were thinking about embarking on an education bond for, for their kids or grandkids, what do you think they should be thinking about before doing that? Look, I think be curious because it's great to explore what's available. So um, websites contain obviously company websites contain a lot of information and as I've discussed there is a great calculator for reverse planning um, available and look it's just being curious as to what is out there. I think also questions for the young is am I planning on having a family because this doesn't have to be that the children are here it could be future children. Um, To families I think uh, questioning again which school is my child going to attend? Is it a state school? Is it an independent or is it a private school? Because the fees are extremely different between all three. Um, and just to state school across the board for, for schooling, um, the minimum amount, and this has been conservative, I think it was from 2015, we got this figure, was $79,000. Yeah. So it's not a small amount of money. No, and no, we're talking state school. So that's books, uniform, everything that adds up as well. Then we go into independent, obviously private as well. Um, personally- and security's oh, got some great um, data on all of that. Absolutely, they? yes. We've got, a, we've got a paper actually about to come out, which is um, preparing emerging, emerging generations for life, um, which is a McCrindle um, document. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah. But we also do the cost of education each year. So we use our members within, we have 70,000 members um, that we gain information from and also collate that each year. Well, we might make that available. Absolutely. Yeah. And <laughs> I think the other thing from a personal perspective is, am I likely to go back to higher education at some stage of my life? And look, you might not know, but that is a no. question that I think everyone should be asking themselves and grandparents. Do I want to leave a legacy of education for my grandchildren? or future grandchildren, yep. which I've seen a lot of. Um, yeah, and I, I think as well, what I I really like is that if a family was across some of the 
the nuances of these products, you know, they could really start that planning really early. I think I think when we, you know, when we have these discussions with clients, mostly people come to us and say, gee, I wish I'd come and seen you five or six years ago because I can see that we can do this, but gee, it would have been nice to have a bit more time you know, because there's a there's a starting point, a set starting point when that child's going to year seven or whatever it is. So I think it, that just gives, again, uh, the ability to think um, further forward and, and future plan. Yeah. There's no time like the right time, hey, Tim, like now. <laughs> That's right. That's what I keep thinking. If yeah, I exactly. Do it, it's, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um. Well, that's awesome. I, I know that um, you you do have a lot of that great um, data on on education costs and that sort of thing. So I'll, I'll tap into that and we'll put it in the links for the the episode of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Amy? Um, I do think a financial planner is a great place to start for or when you are considering an education bond. Um, just learning about different strategies that are available to you and your family. And Tim, I'd like to thank you because I quite you know, obviously we catch up and we're we're, you know, transition from clients to friends to me listening to your podcast, but I appreciate everything that you do for our community as well. So please keep showing up like you do and discussing <laughs> and you. sharing everything well it's true because I think we need more people like you in the world so thank you for having me today and um yeah I'm available whenever um yeah you want to discuss anything in regards to education boards yeah well I think that's the thing as well is that um we would welcome and we know that education planning generally comes with a lot of questions so um the good thing is that Amy is really always available to answer questions and and if you had questions just fire them through on the on the podcast facebook group or on the link through our website and we'll be only too happy to answer them absolutely awesome amy thank you tim thanks for coming thanks for having me (laughs) see you (laughs) bye if you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you'll connect, share and learn from other people just like you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat. I know I did. The Education Bond is a very compelling product and certainly one that in your considerations is certainly worthy of some great benefits there. Amy did mention during our chat about some of the resources that Futurity have, and it is really uh, pretty comprehensive. So we'll make some of these links available on the show notes to this episode. But even just on their website, there's a link here I'm looking at now, Understanding Investing for Education. It's got some great information on the latest trends, um, such as how much are uni fees in Australia and uh, the differences between TAFE and uni in, in terms of those costs. It also breaks down the cost of education, the latest data, and it breaks that into a national report and also state reports. So um, really good there that you can drill down into your own state, looking at the metropolitan areas and also regional areas too. I'll make that link available. The other report that Amy did mention is the McCrindle report that they've just had done. And um, I think we might be one of the first 
people to receive this. So thank you, Amy. Uh, we feel very special. That drills down really more into the emerging trends in the world around education and around the jobs, the changing nature of jobs in the future and some of the jobs that don't even exist now that our kids will be doing. So it talks about uh, some of those trends and what's going to be important for the future generations um, in terms of their education and, and the life and the world that they're going to uh, grow up in. The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.